Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. Please help by subscribing and check out footballpurist.com. We're back with another episode of the Talk On Podcast. I'm joined here by Brian Painter tonight. Brian, we got the... uh, California boys out of it, so it's a little bit more of a, gr- <laughs> a little grittier of a pod tonight. I would say. Yeah, it's it's just a little more hardcore. There we go. Um, <laughs> that doesn't go along with Liverpool's performance, though. Uh, no, this, this past there, there, there was nothing hardcore about their performance whatsoever. No, and so uh, what? Klopp's first time he lost to Man City uh, as a Liverpool uh, manager, and so. Going to talk about that tough loss. I know you and Vinyl, if, if anybody has, uh, I'm sure you all have heard it, but I would go back and listen to the pod that Brian did with Tyler Vinyl. It was a, it was a really good pod. Uh, just, we'll uh, do a little bit of that today as well, just kind of going back to front. We'll go ahead and look at Mane's red card a little bit more in depth and uh, how Jurgen played as well after he got the red card because uh, there are some questions there, I think. We'll go ahead and also talk about our seat index ratings, give those out, and uh, a little bad blow with Sevilla. So we'll we'll go ahead and get into that. This should be a pretty damn interesting game this Wednesday, uh, especially after the last time we met. So we'll go ahead and touch on that and give our score predictions as well. But let's go ahead and get right into it. The City game, 5-0, obviously the worst loss, what you're going to suffer under the Reds. Um, well, I think it was. I think it was a worst loss since like 1937 or something. So, some, yeah. yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> but, I mean, it obviously went downhill after the red card, and the Reds looked. They were creating a lot of chances before Mane got the red card. We'll get into all that, but let's just go ahead and start with kind of back to front. I thought this might have been Minule's best game. You know, it sounds ridiculous saying this was one of Minule's best games that I've seen him play, and we lost five nil, but. He he had some great saves in, in that game, and, and actually it could have been worse if it weren't for him. Yeah, it could, it, it, it could have easily been, and I, I mentioned this on uh, Saturday after the match. It could have easily been seven or eight nothing. He played so good. I, Joy, I I have to be honest. I thought he played really well. I don't think he was at fault for any of the goals, and you know, good on Minule. Like he he got dropped uh, for Arsenal, came back. Played exceptional. Um, yeah. You got to give it to him. He's he, he he was easily the man of the match because there was nobody on that team that covered themselves in glory other than Minule. Painter, I think there's no doubt about it that competition has made him be on his best all the time. The with with Carius now in the side, and especially with Carius getting a game last time out, I think Klopp might be. I'm wondering if Klopp is while we're on the subject, kind of potentially be playing Carius in the Champions League for this this next Champions League game. I know I know it might be, you know, when he came out, he said it was just a rest uh, for sure, but he purposely didn't loan out Ward to Huddersfield, and he still got three keepers. So there's got to be some rotation in there. He even admitted he has to keep his, you know, everybody happy. It is a huge game, obviously, being a Champions League game and our first one in a little while, but I, I do see him continuing to rotate. What do you think? Yeah, no, I... Yeah. The word is on the street that he's going to play Karius, uh against Sevilla, which is interesting, and you can understand why he gave him some match game or some match time against Arsenal 
to get him ready for uh, the Champions League round. Boy, I got to tell you, it's really interesting. Like, because if you play Karius during the Champions League and you play Mignolet in the domestic, are you giving Ward the cup games? Right. Like, that, I that mean, would have to be it, right? That, yeah, that right. Because, cause, well, because like, what else are you gonna do? Like, you you're giving Mignolet the uh, the Premier League games, so you if you're keeping Ward, you've got to give him the cup games. No, you got to give him the EFL or whatever. The I mean, I know that's why you were a, talking a lot and bummed that he was still he was not being loaned back out to Huddersfield. Klopp said this past week that Wagner was asking him or, or Wagner was asking him what three four times that if, if he could get uh, Ward. So he ha- he has to be playing Ward or else there's absolutely no reason for him not to have loaned him out again because he had a good season with Huddersfield in the championship. Absolutely. I, 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 he's got to be putting him in the cup games. And so the FA Cup – and I don't even know what the new cup is called, uh, but uh, we'll call it the EFL Cup because I, I can't remember that. them. <laughs> I don't know what it's called now these days, That's just but what uh, I remember, yeah, yeah, but uh, but so he's going to play him in both cup games uh, or cup tournaments. So good on him. Like, I, like listen, if you can swing it, but I just think it's a big risk because Carius is unproven, and he was dodgy at best in yeah. our, in the Arsenal match. So, and we we spent a lot of time on his lack of ability in the back um, to clear the lines. So, I I don't know if you I don't know why you would put him in the group stages and and arguably like Mignolet hasn't done a whole lot to deserve not playing in Champions League. Like sure. to be honest, like he hasn't. And the comparison is. Not totally accurate because of the skill level of, of both the keepers, but when Ter Stegen was playing uh, in the Champions League and Bravo was playing in the league, I sort of feel like that rotation that Pep was using um, is just sort of similar. And then Ter Stegen, obviously, at the time when he first started doing it too, wasn't their first choice keeper and then slowly became that. So I'm wondering if he's just trying to see that with Karius because... At this moment, I think Klopp thinks the league and getting back into Champions League is probably a priority over Champions League, just seeing as how we're not expected to really do much in the Champions League this year. And also because Klopp knows we play better against teams that attack us and there's less of those in the league. So maybe he actually values the league games right now, which sounds ridiculous, I know, but maybe he values those (laughs) a little bit more at the moment, at least in the group stages in the Champions League games. Well, you could say that, but at the end of the day, like, if you're if you're Mignolet, you're pissed off as hell because oh, you're not playing. Yeah, you're not playing in the Champions League. Like that's the whole reason. Like that's the highest honor in the you know in club competition. So like, why why would he be happy about that? Hey, listen, I get it. The league is super important, and you're our you know you're our keeper for 38 games and blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, like you want to be playing Champions League football. You sure. don't want to be playing in the league. If you can be playing in Champions League, so I, <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see his man management skills when this comes up for debate. When if Carries has a bad match, or if we're not progressing the way we thought we would in Champions League, where Mignolet sits on this whole situation because yeah. it could cause a real riff in uh, in the team and the you know and the goalkeeper ranks for sure. 
it's going to be definitely, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out throughout the season, especially if Liverpool need to stay in a lot of competitions in order for their keepers to get game time. So maybe, who knows, Klopp, if Huddersfield, they're not struggling right now, that's for sure, but if they are looking for a keeper come January, maybe he just decides, all right, we'll, we'll give you Ward for the rest of the season, who knows. But um, let's go ahead and move on to the, the defense. Uh, Trent had a <laughs> Trent, Trent had a little bit of trouble this this game for sure, and uh, I know a lot of people were calling for Gomez to still play. I, I was, but maybe for different reasons. Let's just hear what you have to say quickly about. Let's just do both of our fullbacks and Albi and Trent. Uh, I don't think there's much to talk about with Albi too, and that's surprising to say because usually he right. has a lot of. A lot of discussion points, but I thought he played fine. He's actually had a um, decent think, season. I mean, not a lot yeah. of people are talking about it. And then when it seems like if, no, if anyone's talking about Albi, it's always negative. It's never anything positive. So it kind of frustrates me. I mean, he hasn't had that bad of a start to the season. No, not at all. He, he's he's played really well. Uh, all things being equal with Albi, you know, who knows, <laughs> who knows what you're going to get. But uh, I thought he's played really well. I think he struggles a little bit when he's asked to do some more defensive sure. uh, work. Uh, but I thought he's played really well. And unfortunately for Trent, he didn't have the best game. And boy, you know, like, I, I don't know what to, we, we talked a lot about this after, after the match on Saturday. He just did not play well. And he got frustrated you could tell he was losing his cool. Um, De Bruyne had him a couple times, and obviously De, Bru- De Bruyne, you love De Bruyne. He's a world class player. Best player and... in the Premier League. <laughs> there it is. Um, De Bruyne is a, is a world class player, and he had him a couple times, and he made a show of him for you know for all intents and purposes. But uh, I thought Trent was poor on the day, but. I don't think that's an indication of what his potential is or what he can be. Um, I just thought he had a bad day and he played against some world-class talent. And at 18, they made a show of him a little bit and he's got to learn, he's got to regroup and he's got to come back stronger and, uh, you know, learn from those mistakes. Right. And he's just a kid, just like you said, and it's, it's a lot to ask for a kid to play in a big game like this. Uh, but I mean, with Nathaniel Klein's injuries, you ju- his injury, you just have two kids at right back right now. And that's kind of the next point I wanted to get to was our center backs. First, let's just start with uh, Matip because he's just, he has not had the greatest start to the season for as big as he is and, you know, as strong as he should be. He just, I, I just don't think he's playing up to not necessarily his potential, but just what we've seen from him because he's had amazing games. He's been strong in the air. We've seen what he can do, and it's frustrating when he has games like these. Uh, yeah, you know, my, my issue with Matip isn't the fact that he's not quality in games. Like, he, he definitely has a lot of qualities to him. But for a, as big of a center back as you mentioned, he is. And he's not, like, really thick or anything along those lines. But... He needs to be much more commanding. He right. is he is quiet as a church mouse on on the field. Like I I don't know. I've I've played center back my entire life and you know that position you have to command 
and yell and scream and get people organized. And he just does not do that. And to put him next to Clavon, who obviously does not do that either, I just think it's a recipe for disaster. And then have a goalie behind you who doesn't do that either. <laughs> That's a whole other – or that does it and nobody listens to it. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, one, of the, one of those three things didn't happen and they all didn't happen at the weekend and we got smoked. But, um, yeah, I just think Matip is – I mean, I think he's a good player. I think he's a classy player. I think there's a lot to like about him. I just don't think he's the person that's going to organize and command the defense, um, a la Jamie Carragher or any of the other great uh, center backs that we've had over the years. He's just not that player. And unfortunately, I don't think he's ever going to be that player at 25. I think he's 25, 26. You know, that's just not in his game. That's just not who his personality is. And, Unfortunately, you know, I think he's good, but I don't think he's at the quality we need to be challenging for Premier League titles. And, you know, we can go back over to the other side, to the left-hand side, and talk about Klavon and Matip, or uh, Klavon and Lovren, your favorite. They're not there either, and it really speaks to the lack of business we did in the transfer window which you've been very vocal about over yeah, over many 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 since months the window closed so i i've i've had a lot of time to think about it I, initially i wanted to get into it a lot i don't think i will too much but when we touch upon a player and or a situation like we are right now you know just like you were saying he is not a very vocal guy i think that's just his personality too matip it's just when you hear him in interviews when you just see him on the pitch he just doesn't seem like he's that sort of commanding presence other than his like physical being it's just how he is as as a person and a player in terms of him being a vocal leader he's not going to be that so again like you mentioned in the transfer window Virgil van Dyke would have been someone that would have been perfect for him because we've mentioned on the pod before that Matip is he's a he's a good center back he's a very good center back it's great business to get him in on a free he needs to be the second best center back in a pairing for sure Great. and that and that would be a very very good center back pairing because he is top four quality he's just he can't be the best defender in your in your back four so i think that's Agreed. a little bit of an issue for sure uh like you were saying someone like a character obviously van dyke's not like a character uh a character but he is a commanding presence back there he does lead both vocally and physically so i know i, I I completely agree. I, yeah. I, I I think if you got if you got Virgil Van Dyke or somebody that's a commanding center back, I think Matip would flourish under that. So while we're on the topic, the only thing I will say about the transfer window and Van Dyke and and the defenders because I've actually had a, I feel like I've talked to you guys way too much about it that I just it's just completely drained me out um, via Slack. But <laughs> ba- basically. I understand that deals can be complicated and for whatever reason, this deal didn't get done and that happens. Um, it, it, it happened with Luckily we were able to get Keita next year, which actually is probably the one thing that is keeping me sane about this transfer window is that we're having a world-class <laughs> center midfielder coming into our team next year. So I cannot, by the way, did you, did you that, see the goal he oh, scored? Beauty. beauty. <laughs> oh yeah, my that God. Strike from like 25 out. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, that's one thing that's sort of keeping me sane, I guess, when it comes to the transfer window. But my problem was always with not having a plan B. And even, and I know Jurgen, and Jurgen's the type of guy, 
I mean, I know him personally. I have his number in my phone. It's no big deal. But Jurgen's the type of guy <laughs> that we we all know if he, he wants his top player, like his top transfer targets, he if, if he wants somebody, he's like, all right, that's the guy I want. I don't care how much money. At the time, people thought it was a lot for Mane. He's like, no, that's the guy I want. Bring him to the team, and now he's arguably our best player. Um, the the problem that I had, you know, yes, he identified Virgil Van Dyke. That's the guy we want. Van Dyke turned down other teams because he wanted to come to Liverpool and play for Klopp and play for the club, which was great. We haven't had this sort of pull in actually a while because of yeah. Jurgen Klopp. But the problem for me was is that he didn't have any Plan Bs. How it is went to Juventus for 15 mil. That is absurd. He's been at Schalke for his pretty much his entire career, I think, for like, I don't know, 12 years or something like that, something yeah. crazy since he was basically a kid. So that was just an example of if you throw $25 million out for how it is, you, you bring him in and you bring in a quality center back. I mean, I know there were plenty other center, back, center backs out there. Koulibaly was out there. I mean, if we were going to spend this money on him and, and if it's still not po- – if it's possible in January, great, but it doesn't matter. Like we still, in my opinion, needed two center backs – Klavan looks like a, a, a four million pound center back from Augsburg. That's what he is. That's what he looks like. I initially thought he was going to be maybe fifth choice center back. So it's evident. And, and I know Klopp, he, when he came out, people were like, oh, well, Klopp said he is comfortable with our center backs and he likes the ones we have. What else is he supposed to say to the media when yeah, they're asking exactly. something like that, right? Like, obviously, he knows we have an issue. That's why he tried to target one of the best center backs in the Premier League. My, I'm cool with that, obviously. My problem is that we didn't have any backup plans, and that's very frustrating because you look at games like today when Klavon is playing versus City, and that's a problem. So this is where, before we move on from the defense and move on to the midfield, I have a problem with. Klavon is playing, and like we talked about with, when Trent, it's, it's tough to play a kid in a big game like this. But like you said, Trent learns from this game. Trent will... He's eighteen. He's got. Exactly. He has nothing. He has nothing to do but learn. Exactly. But but that leads me to my next point is that Klavon isn't learning much right now. He's thirty one. Yeah. I mean, you can always still learn, but it, it's not going to affect him. Or you know, he's he's sort of on the downfall in terms of his physical abilities from you know his entire career. If you play Joe Gomez at center back, and I know he recently played him at right back, and he did a job there against Arsenal, and he needed to rest him. But my point is. Play him at center back because, A, that's his true position. That's where I hope his future lies is at center back. But if he makes a mistake, like Klavon made a couple mistakes this game, Joe Gomez learns from those mistakes, and he's hungry to get better at this point in his career. I'm not seeing necessarily the same thing from like Klavon would take from this game. And I honestly believe that Joe Gomez, especially given how he played at right back and how he's been looking after recovering from this injury, that I think he would be... My, I would start him at center back even over Lovren right now. And I know that sounds a bit ridiculous to some people maybe <laughs> out there, even though everyone knows usually my disposition on Lovren. It's it's that I think, A, Joe Gomez is a big talent. And B, I genuinely believe he is a, a good, good, solid player. Yes, not right now a top four solid player, but I honestly believe he's a better he's better to throw out there than Lovren. He's better to throw out there than Klavon. So, and he, he's quite vocal, actually, so it might even help Montip. I think a Matip Gomez partnership might actually work for the time being until we can bring another one in and still continue to let Joe Gomez develop. Now I know Nathaniel Klein's injury kind of moves him out to the right, 
But part of me is wondering, is, is Klopp going to continue to try and play him at right back or center back? I would really like to see him at center back. I'm curious what you have to say about that. Well, so I think he's going to get some time at center back. I don't think it's going to be against Sevilla midweek. And I, I can see him coming in at Burnley at the weekend, um, next weekend. But, you know, to be honest, to your point about us not making a move in the transfer market for center back, and this has been much maligned on all of our podcasts, that you cannot go into a campaign with Matip, Lovren, and Clavon and a 19-year-old Joe Gomez as your starting rotation at center, at center back. Like, you just can't do that if you're going to challenge for the title. Now, if you're going to be a top you know, six but that's size. not even good for a top four, really. It's, it's. I mean, I know we got it last year. And we were somewhat lucky, Painter, but uh, I mean, I, I, well, I don't still, disagree. You know, it's just, it, I'm, I'm just not convinced by what we have right now. I'm just, but, not, I, but, but Joe, but, but Joey, I don't, I don't think, I don't think you're going to get. Well, listen, I think you could put any center half into Klopp's system, and they're going to struggle. To struggle, and I don't mean struggle in the sense that like you're going to be making the gaffes on a regular basis that a lot of them would make, or that Clavin gets beat. I'm just for saying pace that ball or, down the middle from you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, no, no, no. I guess that's, that, has, yeah, you know. that that's fucking miserable because there was no chance. I mean, Henderson does terrible for the header. Yeah, um, Genie got pushed a little bit on that one. Yeah, too, yeah. Genie got muscled off the ball, and then you know, bam, right through the middle. But at the end of the day, like those two have got to be – and Tyler and I mentioned it on uh, Saturday after the game. You don't get split down the middle even on a counterattack. The one thing you want to do is force them wide. And the one thing they didn't do uh, was force them wide. And in fairness to Clava, he had a runner going to the right of him. He had a runner going down the middle of you know, middle of the pitch. But at the end of the day, you choose the runner that's going down the middle as the person you man, and he didn't do that. And I, I just think, I, I just think overall, Klopp is sitting there. He has to be sitting there because he's way smarter than you or I. He has to be sitting there looking at it, saying, "Oh my God, like, what did I do? I'm sitting here for the next three months with this back line, and I know I can get us through it, but." I should have bought somebody. There's no way he can be looking at that weekend game or any of the other games and sitting there saying, I feel comfortable with the talent I have at the back line. Yeah, and all I'll say to that is, first, I agree, but also you play Joe Gomez at center back and he doesn't get torn apart like Clavon does for the almost brilliant goal by Gabriel Jesus. I mean... He has a lot of pace still, even after his injury, and he can recover really quickly. That's well, he's like physical. He's, he's physical too. Yeah, like he's a big he's dude. He's a big dude. Even Klopp, I mean, Klopp was saying he needs to lay off the weights a little bit in preseason. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, is like, yes, I agree with you 100. percent When you're saying that any center back in our system is going to struggle with just the way we play and how offensive we are, that's. Definitely true, but Joe, that, that means you need pace sometimes in your side to be able to recover, which Nathaniel Klein, Trent Alexander, you have Robertson, and you have Moreno that are able to cover even, you know, I mean, Matip doesn't have the worst pace, 
but you put Joe Gomez at center back and, and you that gives you an extra boost of pace right there for your, your your other center back and he's learning and he's growing and you know it's it's just a positive move I think to put him in there so I, I know we're focusing a lot on the defense right now but yeah. that's just I feel like that's always the topic of discussion every time we mention well, stuff I, so it, it just I, I well I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be every time we lose I think you're arguably going to be able to point to the defense and say there was a gaffe or there was a there was a fuck up somewhere along the lines that the defense was liable for, and we were just we weren't able to outscore the the team we were playing because you know our attack was off the pace or so you know whatever for whatever reason, but the defense will give up a shit goal or they'll give up a set piece, and you know here we are back again having the same conversation about. Uh, the limited capabilities of our defense, uh, keeping a clean sheet. Sure. And yeah, I, I feel like that's just the way it's going to become this year. It's going to be tough talking about the defense, at least till January, if nothing happens, but let's go ahead and move on right now to the midfield. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Cause it seems not necessarily like a one-off. I know Chon, he ended up moving back in the defense, but he was, he held on to the ball a little bit too much. I know Hendo had a mare, and I don't want to spend too much time on that. I guess just in terms of focusing on the midfield right now, dude, does Genie just need to play at home all the time? Or what is going on? Because I'm I'm really confused with him. I love Genie, but he is, I mean, just very inconsistent. And, it, and it's kind of bugging me just, like, is he supposed to be in midfield? Is he supposed to be playing higher up the pitch? Is he in the right position? What What's going on with him? I, well, I think it's – well, I was disappointed in all three of our midfield. Let's not kid ourselves. They all After an were, amazing performance against Arsenal. Yeah, they were all shit. And unfortunately, the squad or the section of the team that I thought was going to be the backbone of this game completely didn't show up. They There was no passion. There was no fire. There was no intensity. They got outmanned by, you know, other than De Bruyne, they got outmanned by a very bang average central midfield. And Fernandinho doesn't do it for me. Danilo doesn't do, you know, like Fernandinho doesn't do it for you, dude. I will disagree with you strongly there. I think, I mean, look at Man City's midfield. They're playing De Bruyne, and they're playing David Silva in their midfield three. When could you ever get away with that? except for playing a strong defensive midfielder like a Fernandinho. He is the reason why they're able to play those two creative midfielders ahead of him. And that's the reason why I've been harping for God knows how long about Liverpool not having a central defensive midfielder. It's Brian. I, I can't believe I call love- you Brian. This is so weird. The painter. <laughs> Painter, I, I feel like we've been, you know, even back to when I wanted Carvalho. I feel like I'm talking to like, my mom right now, Brian. Right, Brian, Jay, Brian, Brian, Jay, Brian, J. Banner. <laughs> but I mean, it's just Liverpool since Mastrano left, they've been lacking that. It's the one position that they've never been able to replace, so to speak, uh, for, uh, around the entire pitch. I mean, if I honestly, truly believe, and I know that. Chon has you, gone from back to the to the to the deep line to the midfield. I truly believe if we brought in a true defensive midfielder, that we would be such a better team. Yeah, I know. maybe so. But you have 
three really strong midfielders. But they all against... do the same thing. That's the point. It's like but, but you, they're but all you interchanging two... and like, oh, we, and that's great. Klopp wants to, you know, versatility. He wants everyone to be able to do. But, but after the they same. completely destroyed Arsenal's midfield, like, how do you take? How do you make any changes? And listen, Coutinho is going to come back in. And he's going to take one of their spots, and it's probably going to be a better balance of talent and mix and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like that central midfield didn't play with any power, didn't play with any passion, didn't play with any intensity that they played with against Arsenal. And I think that was the bigger issue, and I have no issues with – this setup, I have no issues with the three of them in midfield. What I have issues with is they didn't come with the same intensity they came with with Ar- at Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, okay, so Monty gets the red card, and you could probably say that we rolled over a bit and somewhat gave in. But I think part of the reason why we were very good in midfield last week was because Arsenal played with a two with shotgun Ramsey, which is just a terrible decision to play against us. <laughs> but I, I keep going back to this, and I've been as consistent as I can think of for the past two, three years of how important I believe a central defensive midfielder is to this team. I don't care what system you play. I don't care about any of it. Hendo, I like. I'm a very big Hendo fan. He should not be our central defensive midfielder. Emre Chan, I'm becoming, I'm be thinking less and less should be just because he's getting less minutes there and because Klopp likes to rotate players a lot. I we our fullbacks like to bomb on. We need someone who can cover. Someone like a Fernandinho doesn't get the credit he deserves. I think for City, there's plenty of other players like that. I just I feel like I can't, and I get it, it's my opinion, but I feel like there's some people out there that agree with me strongly that a central defensive midfielder is is so essential and so key into a, a title winning side. Name the last title winning side for many leagues that don't have a strong midfield player. I mean, yes, Real Madrid has Galacticos everywhere you go. Well, that's a different, that's a different, that's a different. I, yeah, I mean, let's, okay. So we can even go back to Leicester city winning and Conte was their central defensive midfielder. You can go back to, I mean, he's obviously playing for Chelsea when they won last but, year. You can go back. I mean, just, I, I honestly feel like you can't pick out a side for me that didn't have a strong defensive midfield presence that has won the league or at least competed at a high level and I, I know it's not our most important need to fill right now, as center back is for sure. But yeah. I think in general, in terms of the last five to six years, that is the one presence we've missed on the pitch the most, for sure. It's just a strong presence. I just think it's – well, positionally, the, the position aside, I just think the leadership from those three who are all – now senior level players because Chon's 24, Henderson's 26, and Genie's 25, 26. The leadership was absolutely lacking. They should have just said, hey, listen, we're shutting this down for the next 10 minutes, next 15 minutes. We're going to boss the field for a little bit. And they didn't do that. And regardless of whether it's a central defensive midfielder, the actual role or position, I could care less. I just think that there are senior level players that needed to take some take some of the sting out of the game and just basically say we're getting to halftime at 1-0 and we'll regroup then after the Mane, you know, questionable red card. Yeah, but, 
yeah, no, no doubt. And and just getting to that point right now because we need to, we're going to move along here, you know, a little quickly. I there needs to be like you just said, players in our squad who aren't even necessarily the captain that will get the team together, get everyone collected, say this is what's going on. You know, it doesn't have to like. Even Sean didn't really do that. You know, Emre's the type of guy that I've been saying, you know, praising that I think should be the next captain. And he didn't He really didn't do it squad. at all. Yeah, no, he didn't. And, like, Klopp didn't, apparently, in the dressing room. Hendo definitely didn't. But if you look around the squad, who else is really going to do it? I mean, we, I'm not saying we have choir boys, but we don't have the nasty bastards that we need. I mean... No, you don't look, have a yeah. you don't have a Mascherano going in and putting a foot in. Not on not just a Mascherano. You don't like even from a leader's like vocal standpoint. If something like that happens, like you look. So basically, even okay, we'll get into it right now. The money red card. You look at it. You have immediately Otamendi going to the ref, telling him exactly like high boot right to the face. You have all these other players scrambling around him, telling him what happened. The ref actually reaches in his right pocket where his yellow card was. And then you have all these other players coming around him like, yo, this is ridiculous. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. And he goes to his left card and pulls out his red. I feel like if you look at our players, who do we have? Not saying that that would necessarily happen to us, but just in any situation in general. I mean, who would be our vice captain on that pitch? I, of course, I would like Emre to be captain right now, but not even our own captain, Hendo. I just, I feel like we should have, and I know we're a bit of a younger team, but I feel like with the amount of, I guess senior professionals that we have, we don't have a enough nasty bastards and b enough people who are willing, <laughs> like willing to take on that kind of role. I mean, you look back even under Rafa, you have people like, you know, a you have obviously have Gerard and Carragher, uh, you know, even Mascherano, even Arbeloa, Alonso. Like you have these players, not just their their quality set aside. I mean, it's their leadership and their seniority that. Like keeps a calming presence and lets everyone know, all right, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it. Like, it's frustrating. That also, really quick, before we move on, leads me to my next point, which is, I felt yes, we all know Klopp is a very offensive coach and a very tack minded. But when you go one down, a man down, being one nil down, part of me wants to say, all right, guys, let's sit back and hopefully we can counter or get a nice break or a nice ball to fall and we can make it 1-1 and, and leave out of here with a point because that's a good result. But no, he doesn't set up like that and leave, that leaves us just wide open. And listen, yeah, but I, I mean, love Klopp, but I mean, it leaves but, a lot of vulnerability there. Yeah, but I mean, what do you make of him taking Sala off at halftime? Like, like was it just because Sala, just sure, because yeah. Sala wasn't converting? I mean, he he... Arguably, we had just as many great chances as City did, and if Salah has a little bit more class on the ball, we're probably one-one, if not two-one uh, up. Sure. No, no. I, I mean, I'm get just that saying. Winner. Yeah, you know. The, I mean, listen. I don't want to get too into Salah right now because I, you know, I like him. I like what he's doing. He makes great runs. His first touch is outstanding. It. I mean, he gets himself into great positions. It's just his final ball and his finishing, which last year wasn't a problem, but this year seems to be for whatever reason. And, I mean, yeah, it was a good save by Ederson. He got down, but put that a little bit more wide, and that's in, and it's a completely different game. I mean, but is, but but should, but should he be passing across to Firmino, who's running clean could clear be, on the back? He could course? be, but, but also, you, you, I mean, you look at him, and he's got a free run on goal with a shot. And I don't blame someone who gets greedy in front of goal. Oh, we no, need no. more of that. So I, I'm not okay. blaming him for taking the shot. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm willing to wait on him a little bit because it's early days with him sure. and he's been doing really well and get himself in really great positions and his first touch is outstanding. But yeah, he definitely needs to improve on his final ball and his finishing. Um, but you even like, listen, you, we were done 10 men take off, um, well, take, take, off, take off Genie it, you know, and even it, move Firmino back a little bit deeper, and Firmino can still press, and then you can still have Salah, who can be that outlet guy because he has so much pace. Like so, Firmino maybe put Salah in the middle and and bring Firmino back into the midfield because Firmino he's a great tackler. Surprisingly, for for at least he's a striker for us, but he played uh, you know attacking mid for for Hoffenheim, but. You, you you pull him back a little bit and you leave Salah as that kind of outlet guy. Then maybe everyone sits back and then you wait on the counterattack and that gives Salah a chance. It was just it was just a frustrating game at, tactically to see from Klopp after we uh, went a man down, you know? It was terrible. I mean, there was – I think Klopp got it wrong. I think his team got it wrong. I think their mentality wasn't right. I think as soon as Mane went off, it was – you know, heads went and – Nobody stepped up and rallied the team around one another to, you know, to preserve a a one zero or a two one or a two zero type of defeat, and they just kind of they all kind of went to pieces. I don't know how else to explain it. And you know, we were all sitting at the pub and we we're just kind of sitting there like what the fuck just happened and it was it was just bad all the way around i don't think Klopp, i think Klopp got it wrong i think his team got it wrong i think they didn't show the passion and the fire that you would expect from a liverpool team i thought i thought it was all in all just a bad day but i mean god knows here comes sevilla on uh in the champions league game on wednesday and Somehow we've got to look, you know, pick ourselves up after five nothing. I mean, holy shit! Exactly, and and that's where we're leading to. And in, in just a second, before we do, I want to get your seat index ratings too, for sure. Um, it, it's hard to choose from from a five nil loss, but uh, I mean, let's just go ahead and get it. Your positive seat index, your negative seat index. What what got you out of your seat this past weekend? What got you slouching back a little disappointed? I mean, it's pretty easy. It's Minuleg was easily the positive seed index. I thought he played exceptionally well. He kept it from being seven, eight, nothing. Uh, I thought he made some big saves, uh, stones on the, on the corner kick where he made the stick save with his foot. And I thought he played really well. Uh, as far as, as far as the negative seed index, boy, you could take your pick, but for me, it had, it has to be down to leadership. And sure. Yeah, this team on Saturday lacked leadership across the board. I don't and, doubt that, yeah. Yeah, and for me, the thing that really stunk the joint up was we didn't have any leaders on the field. And it wasn't one, it was all 11 of them. Nobody, nobody, nobody was accountable for the situation. And that was one of the biggest disappointments I had on the, week, uh, on the game. Sure, I, and, I, and for my positive, I was going to go with Minule as well, but I, I'll kind of spin it a little bit. I'll go with the fact that nobody is out just going crazy over Albi Moreno because <laughs> I, I, I know I'm biased. I know I love him, but he has got a little too much slack over the years, and yes, he has made certain mistakes, but I feel like for whatever reason, he just gets slated a lot more of our other players when they're just as at fault. Like even for this past weekend, like no one's 
Like, oh, yeah, Clavin had a bad game, but no one's slating him. I mean, Clavin had a brutal game. Matip had a bad game. If any of that was Moreno's fault, people would be all over him. I don't know the reason for it, but anyways, I'm just glad that Moreno's had a decent start to the season. Uh, my negative, you know, we've already talked about it, but I feel like I have to say Klopp's tactics after the yeah. the red card. It just it just didn't make sense to me, and I know that he's always, you know, Heavy metal you, football in his mind, but I, I just, it, it just, it doesn't feel like that was the right way cool. to go. Yeah, you saw him on the sidelines, Joey. I, I think you, you're spot on. He lost his cool on the sidelines after that red card, and then they never got it back. Really quick, I know you had mentioned on the previous pod, but what was, what was it a red for you, or was it not a red? Uh, it's a, it's a red for me. I mean, listen, you leave it up to a judgment call. Um, it could have went either way. It could have been a yellow. It could have been a red. Uh, but when you put your foot in with your studs up and you make contact with the goalkeeper's face, you are going to open up yourself to, you know, a matter of opinion on whether that's a red or a yellow. And where the where the goalie or where the referee was in conjunction with Mane's tackle slash challenge you're going to leave yourself open to his opinion on the situation. And, you know, given the fact that Ederson went down, he started bleeding right away. I mean, all of that just played into the fact that the referee had an easy decision to make because of how the challenge went. So for me, it's a red. Yeah, it's... And I know, you know, obviously I'm biased towards Liverpool, but I'm trying to honestly look at this from the most objective point of view, right? From like a neutral fan. Yeah. I don't disagree that it was a red card, but this is the closest I could possibly imagine to being a yellow card as possible. First of all, you have Ederson who ran outside of the box, right? So he challenged and he decided he was going to go for it, which... Is is a ballsy move, to. right? It's it's fair play to him because he's he's been doing that all game. He did he had a a nice header actually out of the box earlier in the game. But yeah. listen, if you have a goalkeeper like that, and and then the second one was Mane was never looking at him. He was only worried about the ball and that slight of a touch. That you know, half a second touch is the that difference is. between him Close. scoring or getting a get you know getting Ederson sent off. You know. And I, I, you know, I get the letter of the law and and how it's written, and that if it's a dangerous play and your boot is high, then it is a red. So I, I, I get that and that why that was called. Uh, I feel like it should be one game and not three. I don't think it was malicious. Agreed. I don't think that he had any intent of hurting the goalkeeper. And yeah, listen, he went down. He started bleeding right away. Like you said, you had Stones and Walker over there signaling right away for the side. And even if he wasn't bleeding, I think that's smart of those players to just signal to the side right away. Sure. And like I mentioned, the referee was reaching for his right pocket. It was That's where his yellow card was. And then he changed to his, his, his left-hand side to where you know the red was. So he may have been influenced a little bit. Listen, if you come in, if you come in studs up yeah, in that I mean, situation, yeah. like, and you catch somebody in the side of their face, it's whether that's by the letter of the law, a red or a yellow, you're going to leave yourself open to sure. opinion. And I think maybe just because Neville came out and Rio Ferdinand came out, both previous Man United players saying it wasn't a red, that maybe it skewed my opinion even a little bit more. But (laughs) 
listen, <laughs> ref made a decision. Stick to it. All I can hope for now is that that should it's not a, be. It a should be one game. game. Yes, it should, it should not be three games under an investigation. Yeah. It should be one game, and that's how we should go forward. So and they they appealed it. So yeah, tomorrow, yes. by the time this pod comes out, um, hopefully by the time the pod comes out, you know we'll know whether it's a one or three uh, game match uh, suspension. But I, again, you, you put yourself in a subjective situation where if and to be fair. If we had scored that goal and we weren't pressing and Mane wasn't pressing to get the equalizer, I don't know if he goes in the same way into that challenge. That's all I'm saying. Right. Right. I mean, look, he, he wasn't even looking at him the whole time. And you know, Sadio, that pace, like no other yeah. player is going to get there and try and take that on their on their boot when it's the ball's that high in the air. He does that because he has the pace. He knows he thinks he can get a slight touch. And, and try and score. So again, not malicious. It's. I would argue a yellow. That would be my stance. But I can't yeah. disagree with someone who said it would be a red. All I can say Great. is that if it's three games, then that would completely change my opinion on on what's going on here. That should be Agreed. no more than one game. So agreed. Let's go ahead and move forward though, because we got a big, big game on Wednesday. Massive, massive game. And, you know, even before we begin, hell yes on the group that we got on the pool that we're in. Um, <laughs> sucks. I was, I was watching it at work. It was right behind me on the TV. And I was just so pissed that, man, you got – I was getting such an easy group. And then all of a sudden I see Liverpool going. I'm like, I don't even care anymore. This is amazing, especially with this group that Spurs got. I was just like, wow, excellent, excellent group that we got. Uh, definitely the yeah. hardest team I think we'll be playing is on Wednesday in Sevilla. And especially with the sort of bad blood and the – the recent fixture that we had not so recent, but the, the fixture that we have with them in terms of the Europa league. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's, there's definitely going to be some fire going on in this game um, for sure. So I think Nolito and Gase have been, they're yeah. not even in the squad right now for the team, which is great news for us. I know Nolito didn't have the best time at man city, but he is a solid he's a, player, you know, yeah, he's so. a good player. He's a, he's a good player. 100%. Right. Right. So that's good news for Liverpool going into it. But uh, let's just hear what you have to say sort of about this game, what you think we'll need to do to win besides obviously put the ball in the back of the net more than they do. What kind of <laughs> tactics do we need to use and how should we set up against them? And, and you know what, who, who should play painter? Because again, like we discussed, you know, Jeannie's kind of a, a player who could come out of the side. Should Gomez come back in is curious. Like we mentioned, going to play. So who would you have in this team and how should we set up? Well, I, I, Regardless of who plays, I think Wednesday night's more about mentality. You get thrashed five nothing, and you've got to shake that off and come back and play. Well, a massive I better have a cha- discussion with them before this game too. Yeah, and you've got a massive Champions League match, and you've got to get a right, the right mentality. It's going to be at home, which is a huge boost because if this was on the road after getting thrashed at Man City, I could see them not coming out in the right frame of mind or coming out timid. But I think being at home, the crowd is going to be up for it. It's going to be a European night uh, at Anfield, uh, midweek game. It's going to, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a magic atmosphere. <clears throat> as far as the starting lineup, boy, it's it's tough. I for me, I would start Minulay and goal, but I think you know all indications are he's going to start Carius. The back line, you've got to bring Lovren back in, Mata back in. 
I think he's going to start Robertson. Uh, he left him out of the, the sure. you know, the weekend game, but I think he's going to end up starting Robertson. And for me, I wouldn't start Gomez. I'd start Trent just for the mindset of Trent because you want to get him back out playing again. He knows he had a poor game. I would put him back in just to get him off of the, you know, the weekend debacle. And in the midfield, you got to bring Coutinho in. At home, Phil's got to I mean, he's back in the, you know, he's back in the fold. You got to bring him back in. I would put Genie on the bench because he's been poor and start Hendo and Chan behind uh, Phil and then start the the usual suspects up top of Mane, uh, Sala, and Firmino uh, with, uh, you know, Sturge on 60 if we need him, so on and so forth. But that's how I'd start. I have a an opinion that that I know <laughs> won't happen but I would love to see um I would love to see okay. Firmino back as a central attacking midfielder in this game and what would you put Coutinho on the bench or would you yeah, put him no, in eight Coutinho's, or would you put Coutinho, Coutinho in eight I don't want to talk about Coutinho <laughs> I, we're not talking about Coutinho he's dead to me I don't want to talk to him I don't, I don't care if his dream was at Barcelona I don't want to talk about him right now <laughs> but he's at least ours for another three months so right. i think we make the most of you know what range. yeah well we'll see i i'm still not warmed up to the idea of him coming back to the squad yet i know he's important and he's a class player but i just i just can't do it right now anyways i i would like to see Firmino back in the midfield in his true role even though he's excellent as a striker for us and i want danny back in the squad maybe it's partially due to his goal in the final, maybe it's partly to do with, I think Danny is maybe a little bit extra in this game because of how it ended up. Or maybe yeah. it's just because he's a fucking amazing player and he can finish. And that's what we need yeah. right now. So I would actually prefer, and, and we've talked ad nauseum about how Firmino out wide on either wing, he's not bad. He's no, just, he's not, he's just he's, not as nearly as effective as he should be. So I would play Firmino as a central attacking midfielder with, Sturridge ahead of him and Mane and Salah on the wings. Or actually, you know what, never mind. I'd be, I, you know, you can even put, I wouldn't even mind seeing Oxlade Chamberlain coming into this game. Um, I know, we haven't I know, talked much about yeah, Ox. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I think it's warranted. We'll, we'll definitely get into him more in the coming weeks as he starts to get more minutes. But I would love to see, I mean, again, in a 5 0 loss, you take positives out of it. And, and Chamberlain and Solanke had, had solid performances. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Ox come into the game. So. Those would be two additions I wouldn't mind seeing. I do hope Joe comes back onto the squad just because I've been a big Joe Gomez fan yeah, yeah. For, for a long time. Um, and, and I know, again, he's come back from his injury and he has a lot to learn. He's young, but I just like him in the squad, whether it's a right back or center back. And, again, I love Trent. I would love to see them both in the squad at the same time, although that's asking a lot of two young guys. But I guess, I mean – it's 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 a tough one. It's a it's a tough one. I I can see Carey is coming back in for sure. Like you said, Robertson. I wouldn't mind seeing him. Ox would be a nice you know fresh appearance to see. Um, you get, you got Salah and, and you know Firmino up there and and Mane because because that red card doesn't affect Mane's Champions League games. So. No, it doesn't. It's just FA Cup games. Right. So, or the FA the yeah. FA sanctioned uh, right. matches. So. Right. So you you got to have Mane in there still. Salah. And and Mane Salah Sturridge up top with maybe like a Firmino. I know I'm I love Henderson, but I'd rather like I think it'd be awesome just to see. And it'll never happen, but I'd love to see like an Emre, 
maybe like an Emray Chamberlain. Um, that's interesting. Firmino, Emre, Chamberlain, and Firmino in a midfield would I, I'd just be interesting to see. It's not going to happen, obviously, especially for this big of a game. And, and you yeah. know, um, it, they'd only play each other with each other in the midfield first for the first time. But I would love to see that. I think you got to get out of the gates at home in the Champions League group stages. First match, you got to sure. play your best side. Like you got to get three points because you know you you're going to go on the road next uh, in Russia. And that's going to be a tough trip, and you're probably going to have to rotate that one because of the di- the distance that you're going to have to travel to come back and then play at the weekend in the league. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I, I think you're going to have to do some rotation, and you know, in fairness, uh, getting three points at home is the is the most critical thing because you know it's okay to get a draw on the road, um, you know, in the group stages, whatnot, but. Uh, I think you're going to play a really strong lineup. I think it's going to be the same three at the at the tip. Uh, I, I think Phil's going to come in, and really? I think I, I I really think Phil's going to have to come into the in, into the side, and um, it's probably a good match for him to come into the side at home as a in a, in a Champions League game as opposed to coming in at the weekend. Let him rot on the bench. Yeah, at Burnley. <laughs> Or well, with <laughs> let him rot on the let bench. Let him rot on the bench. Um, I yeah. Well, we could talk. We could debate that. Yeah, we'll talk about days. that later. <laughs> I just, I just want to see uh, our best lineup in the, you know, in the I game. But I wasn't happy with Phil. Like, let's be honest, nobody was happy with I Phil. No, I don't even. And his I, I, I could talk about thirty minutes for you about with you about that. So I don't even, <laughs> even get into that. But yeah, no. Again, I if he comes in, he's going to make our team better. I understand that. I I still don't think Klopp's going to bring him in. But anyways, just some players that I, I think we should definitely be looking out for. And Zonzi's a great midfielder. Ever Benega, I've been a fan for. I know Big Ali G and I have been a fan of Ever Benega's for God knows how long now. For it seems like forever. But yeah, I mean it's Benega. Benega I, did Benega? I thought Benega moved on though, didn't he? No, no. I think he's. Dude, I think he's actually might be starting for them on on wednesday i i don't know but i, I he's yeah no no he's still there yeah I'm sure. yeah, yeah i think i think he'll be starting for them so we'll see what happens but um what's this for whatever from from city not novice from city he's, he's on he's on back on their team again and is he, he really yeah he's, he's a pacey winger he didn't do too much in the Premier league but just some some players to look out for. Um, well, it's, it's just a good it's just a good thing that uh, Nolito and you know, they have a few injuries uh, coming exactly. in, and, and we're injury free, which is not a normal discussion point for Liverpool <laughs> for the last couple seasons. So we've got uh, we've got that going for us, which is nice. Yeah. So again, huge game. Hopefully, we see some new faces. Maybe you know Robertson would be nice. Potentially Ox. Who knows if Coutinho will be back, but. We will know. I mean, th- this game is is so crucial, and I know there's plenty of games to play in the group stages. But if you get yeah. off to a hot start, Painter, against the best team in your group, besides, I mean, obviously, I think we are the best team in the group. But the, the yeah. next best team in the group, then, then yeah, that's that's huge, and and it gets you off to a great start, and gets a lot of positivity in the club going in the next game as well. So, I'm gonna go ahead and close it out here. I need a score prediction from you, my man. I think Liverpool are gonna win three one. Uh, I think I, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna play well. I think the boys are gonna come out with 
a fire in their bellies after the humiliation at the weekend. And let's be honest, if they don't, then we have bigger issues. So, you know, usually when you get humiliated, you have a sense of pride and a sense of uh, passion that you need to deliver in the next game. So I think we're going to come out. I think we're going to handle 3-1. I think we'll definitely ship a goal because that's who we are. That's what we are. That's what we do. do. (laughs) And our defense is our defense. And but uh, I think we come out, score three, and then uh, we give up a late goal. And uh, I think the goal scorers are Mane, uh, Firmino, and Sturridge. Good calls. Um, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that three-one score, and that's just because that's what the last game was with us, except the opposite way. So I think it'd be nice to just see that in a bit of a reverse. And of course, just like you said, we we ship goals. That's what we do. So I think <laughs> it'll happen. Uh, I, I'd like to see some fresh faces in there. I'd, uh, it's out of Anfield, so we're going to be after it. You know, Mane after that card is going to be going after it, especially because he knows he's going to be banned at least in the Premier League. So he'll be giving yep. it his all. I would hope we come out with, with a solid win, and, and I think we will. So I'm going to go agree with you with that 3-1 scoreline. Uh, thank you, everybody, again, for listening. Really appreciate it. Nice to have you on, Painter, as, uh, as just, always. just a duo here. We got uh, we love our California boys, but, you know, we, we got this uh, – we got the tough cities going on. We, we got some grit in this pod. So <laughs> um, shout out to everyone um, who's listening right now. Really appreciate it. You can follow us on footballpurists.com. And check out our merchandise right now. Check out the new website. Like the hats a lot. Like the shirts a lot. Not just saying that. I genuinely think they're pretty fucking sweet. So go ahead and check those all out. Um, Obviously, we're expanding. We got Canary and Blues, a new pod. We're always expanding, looking for new stuff. So contact LG if you need anything like that. And Painter, where can we find you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, you can check us out. uh, Well, you can check me out at Brian underscore Painter. And... We are also starting a new uh, little post-match reaction show. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> after the games on uh, any game. The uh, Irish American, s- baby. The Irish American. We did one. Uh, Tyler Vinyl and I did one uh, this past weekend. If you haven't checked that out, uh, give it a listen, although it's kind of grim and not exciting. Wasn't our best wasn't our best moment after the city match. But uh, hopefully Tyler and I will be getting together again after uh, – uh, after the next match at Sevilla at uh, Carragher's uh, and uh, the Irish American on the weekend. So uh, you can give us a check out on uh, the Talk On uh, channel. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk, at Talk On FP on Twitter. Yep. And again, you can find me at Jay Vishny on Twitter, J V I S H N Y. By any chance, any Chicago sports fans out there, you can listen to my Chicago sports podcast at the Windy City Way on Twitter. Painter, this needs to be a big result for us. We need some positivity Massive. going into the weekend. So I'm, I'm with you on that 3-1 scoreline. Hope it happens. Uh, I really hope Sturge gets some minutes. I don't know why. I just feel like he's going to be an he important part of this game. Yeah. Anyways, thanks everyone again. Appreciate it as always. And Painter, talk on. Talk on. Talk on. Talk on.